Let's go, let's go, Leila. Okay, we are learning Le'ili Nishmas, my mother, Imi Marasi. Necha Bas Chaim Zeda, we're learning Le'ili Nishmas, all the Kedoshim, our Achinu Kol Beis who have been taken from us since October 7th. We wish Nechama to the families. And also we're learning Bezachus, our Chayalim, that they should be victorious very soon to eradicate the evil of Hamas and all of our enemies from our midst. Okay, we are on Yud Ches Amud Beis. We're on 18b, and we were just talking about the halacha of Seirugin. If you read the Megillah of Seirugin, read it, you know, uh, with um, stops here and there, but at the end it's all in order, so you have fulfilled your mitzvah. However, Rav Muna says in the name of Rabbi Yehuda that if you have a Seirugin where there was a pause that lasted the amount of time, and as we said, the, we passed in the halacha, it's the amount of time that one could have read the entire Megillah from start to finish, then Seirugin would not work. That's just too far, that's too long of a pause to to um, say that it's connected to the previous part that you read. It's a total break within the Megillah, and therefore you have to really start reading again. Okay, so you have Rav Muna seems to be arguing with the initial shita where we said that Seirugin is always um, is good. Seirugin is good. It didn't seem like there was any conditions that w- were uh, were implemented with Seirugin. It's just if you read it piece by piece here and there, you would be you would say okay. So we are up to we are up to uh, seven lines down where it says Amar Rabbi Abba Amar Rabbi Yirmiya Bar Abba Amar Rav Halach Rabbi Muna. So Rav Abba says the name of Rabbi Yirmiya, the son of Abba. He says the name of that Rav said Halach is like Rabbi Mona. So Rav says Halach follows Rabbi Mona. Shmuel Amar Shmuel says no. Ain Halach Rabbi Mona. Shmuel says Halach does not follow Rabbi Mona. Okay, that was Besura Masnuach. That's how they taught this Machlokas in Surah. In Bepumpadisa, in the yeshiva of Pumpadisa in Bavel, Masnuhachi, they taught it this way, that whereas Amar of Kahana, Amar Rav, where it was Rav Kahana quoting in the name of Rav, right before in Surah, they were quoting Rav Abba, Amar Rabbi Yirmiya Bar Abba. Here in Pumpadisa, they're just saying Rav Kahana says that Amar Rav, that Rav said Halach Karev Muna, Karebi Muna, Ushmul Amar, and Halach Karebi Muna, where you had Rav was saying Halacha follows a Karebi Muna, and Shmuel says it does not follow Rabbi Muna. Okay, and then you have Rav Bibi Masni Ipcha. Rav Bibi taught the exact opposite, where he said, Rav Amar ein halach karavimuna, Ushmul Amar halach karavimuna. Where Rav Bibi said that Rav says the halach is not like Rav Muna, like Rav Muna, and Shmuel says the halach is like Rav Muna. Okay, so now, which one do we go like? Right? Do we go like the gears that we had in Surah and Pupadisa, or do we go like Rav Bibi? So now, Amar Rav Yosef. So Rav Yosef said, Nakut derav bibi bidach. Rav Yosef says, it's grab on, hold on, Nakut, take the um, explanation of Rav Bibi in our hands. That's that's the the shita that we should follow, who said that Rabbi is the one who says the halacha is not like Rav Muna, and Shmuel says the halacha is like Rabbi Muna. Why? Why did he decide to follow Rav Bibi's uh, explanation of the machlokes? Because Shemuel is the opinion that usually is concerned about the individual shita, the yachid versus the rabbi, right? In this whole entire machlokas, Rav Muna is the individual, and the rabbanon 
they are against Rav Muna. Rav Muna says if you have a long pause, you would have to start over. It wouldn't count. Whereas it seems like the Rabban or the Tanakama or all the other Rabbanon, they would disagree with Rabun and say, as long, no matter how long the pause is, as long as you end up finishing the Megillah at some point, then it's not considered an interruption. So let's let's prove this point that Shmuel is the one that always holds like the or is concerned for the opinion of the individual. Detnan, as it was taught in a Mishnah, this is a Mishnah in Yivamos, literally a totally different topic in Halacha. Yet we're going to see how Shmuel is concerned about the individual's opinion. The case is a Shomeris Yavam. So you have someone who is a Shomeris Yavam. That means she's watching her, her Leverite status. So the case here is that you have a woman whose husband passes away. They don't have any children. In the interim, okay, she is Shomeris Yavam. She now has to uh, go through either Yibum or Chalitza, where the remaining brothers, one of them, should be either decide to marry her and do yibum or to do chalitza and to, in a way, terminate any potential for them being together. So Shomeris Yavim, she's waiting. Okay, so generally it's the oldest brother in line who is supposed to be the one that does yibum on the, um, on the sister-in-law so that they can potentially continue the name of the deceased brother. So the case here is a Shomeris Yavim, where one of the brothers um, gets engaged to the sister of this wife, who this um, this widow. Okay, so here's the here's the problem, right? If let's say this brother that just that just got engaged to the sister, so if he's the one that does that is in line to do Yibum, that's a huge problem because you can't be married to two different sisters. So what's what what goes on here? How are we to understand this? What should this brother do? So Mishum Rabbi Yehuda ben Besera Amru, in the name of Rabbi Yehuda ben Besera, they said, Omrim Lo, what, what do we say? We say to this brother who was, who got engaged to this other sister, Hamtain, you should wait to get married to the sister. You should wait until your older brother does the action of having Yibum, right? Because this brother who just got engaged, if for some reason it happens that he's the brother that might be in line to do the Yibum, there's a huge problem there. So Yehuda Ben Becerra says like this, wait on the marriage, let the older brother do the Yibum so that he married the widow's sister, and then after that Yibum takes place, you, the younger brother who's engaged, you can now get married to the sister of your sister-in-law, of the widow. So he's worried about it. He says, wait on it, okay? And then, and the Tanakama or the Rabbanan, they say, you don't have to wait on it. This younger brother doesn't have to wait to actually get married to the sister of the widow because the halacha is that the oldest brother is the one who either does Yibum or Chalitza. So on our on our initial assumption, this younger brother who got engaged would never be in line to do yibum or chalitza on the uh, on the wife of the deceased brother. So it's only Rabbi Yehuda ben Becerra who's concerned, and therefore he says to the younger brother, "Wait on your marriage. Don't get married yet, lest for some reason you're the one in line to do yibum." So Amar Shmuel. So Shmuel says, based on this dispute, this machlokas between the Rabban and Rabbi Yehuda ben Becerra, he says, "Halachah Rabbi Yehuda ben Becerra." He says, Halacha follows Rabbi Yehuda ben Becerra, which means that you're going to have to wait. That younger brother should wait to get married after his engagement. 
okay, to be concerned that maybe he would be in line to have to do Yibum or Chalitza. Okay, but so what do you see here? That Shmuel, he clearly shows that he's concerned about the individual's opinion, the Yachid. So now based on this Machlokas in Yibum, where Shmuel says we follow Rabbi Yehuda ben Beseir, we can now plug this back into our dispute regarding Seirugin. And like Rav Bibi said, we might as well place Shmuel to be the one who holds like Rav Mona, Rav Muna, because Rav Muna is the individual, just like Shmuel was concerned with Rabbi Yehuda ben Beseir's opinion in the Yibum case, so too we should assume that Shmuel is the one who's concerned about Rav Muna's halachic uh, stance in regards to the Megillah and the Seirugin case. Okay. Getting back to cases within Megillah. Tanu Rabbanon, the rabbis taught. Hishmit ba sofer osios o psukin. The koirein hakoira, hakora kimiturgaman hamitargeim. Yatsa. What's the case? If for some reason hishmit ba sofer, if the sofer, the scribe, left out either letters or even psukin, and then the reader of the Megillah read them like a translator would translate, because generally the translator that translates doesn't read from the words. And by definition, the one who's reading is not reading the words that aren't written there because the sofer left out certain words and psukim. Still, yatsa, he's fulfilled his mitzvah, okay? Sounds like it's a fascinating halacha regarding the Megillah that you, just like by a safer Torah, you need every single letter, every small minute detail. If it's missing the Torah, it could pass the entire Torah. Whereas by Megillah, it's like, hey, if you have letters that are missing, you have psukim that are missing, apparently, it's still okay. Even if the one reading it is reading those words in particular by heart, he's still yotze. Okay. Then we have your Meisive. We have a question on this halacha. A question on an Amora from Abraisa, which is, Hayu ba osios metushtashot o mikuraot. If you have, let's say, letters that are blurred out or they are torn, im rishuman nikar kshera. If their outline is still recognizable, it's kasher v'im lav psula. But if not, it is puzzle. It is invalid. So this seems to be a major question on the Tanarabana we said a second ago, where it said that if it was in missing letters and you read it, it's yatza. Here we're saying that if it's missing these letters or if the majority is, um, you can't recognize the the outline of the letters here, then we said it's puzzle. So that's a major question we have. So the Gemara says, Lokashio. It's really not a question why. That Mesave was talking about where the entire Megillah was rubbed out, worn out. If you can still recognize the outline of the letters, then it's kosher. If not, then it's puzzle. Because the whole Megillah is like that. But here, our case of the Tanar Abanon, that's just Miktsasa. That's just a small little piece, a letter here, a pasuk there. But the majority of the Megillah is written totally fine. And that's why you would be Yotze. Okay, Tanar Abanon, the rabbis taught. Hishmit Baha Kore Pasuk Echad. If let's say the reader left out a pasuk when they were reading, lo yomar, he shouldn't say ekra eskula. I'll I'll just read, I'll continue reading the whole entire thing. And then kach ekra oso pasuk. And then afterwards I'll read that pasuk that I skipped. Elakarme oso pasuk velak. Rather, he has to go to that pasuk that he skipped and read from that point onward. And this kind of fits in with what we were saying before. You can't read Lamafreya, you can't read out of order. Right? You can't have in mind, I'll read the whole thing and I'll come back to the Pasukim that I skipped. That doesn't work. And then nichnas the Let's say you entered into the Beis Hakneses and you found that the tzibor in the middle of Mikra Megillah they read already half the Megillah. You came in halfway, so lo yomar you shouldn't say ekra chetia imat I'll read that second half with the tzibor. 
and then, and then afterwards I'll read the half that I missed. Ella, rather, rather, you have to read to yourself from the beginning to the end. Again, it has to be in order. You can't do this half here, half there thing. Start from the end and then, and then end with the beginning. Okay. Next case. Miss Namnem Yatsa. We said if you were dozing off, you're Yotze when reading the Megillah. So, hey, what's the case here? So, what, what exactly is misnamnim? So, Amar of Ashi, Rav Ashi says, nim velo nim. It's like you're sleeping, but you're not sleeping. You're dozing off. Or, tear velo tear. You're awake, but you're not really awake. The karule, where somebody can call on you, ve'ani, and you answer his call, velo yada la You don't really know what to um, answer regarding, like, a, a, co- a coherent type of response, but if somebody would remind you what you know what the answer was, you would recognize it. If you like, if you really like pushed you with the svar, you would recognize it. But just to answer on your own, the dozing off, you're not there. You can't really answer. And even in that state of mind, we said you would be yotze when it comes to reading the Megillah. Okay, it says haya koisva dorsha umagia so the next case in the Mishnah was if you were writing the Megillah or you were teaching it, you were darshaning it, or you were correcting a Megillah, if you had in mind when you were doing those things to be Yotze, the mitzvah of reading the Megillah, then you're Yotze. But if not, you would not be Yotze. The Gemara asks, so hechi dummy, what exactly is the case here? If the case is where you, you know, order the verse by verse, you had it in your mind, and then you wrote it down. So, libo my have. So, just because you were had in, in your heart to, you had the intention to fulfill the Megillah, my have. What would that mean? Al pehu. This is a case of where you're reading it al pe, right? You had the pasuk in your mind. That's the al pe. You read, you read it, you said it, and then you wrote it down. That's not reading the Megillah. That's al pe. We already said you can't read it by heart. Ella, rather, what's the case? The kasa psuka psuka vakarila. Rather, the case is where you wrote verse by verse, and as you, after you wrote the verse, then you read it. But then the Gemara asks, Umi yatsa? Could you really be yotze with such a way of reading the Megillah? The Amar Rabbi Chalba, Amar Rav Chama Bar Goria, Amar Rav. Didn't Rav Chalba say in the name of Chama Bar Goria in the name of Rav? Halach Kedivrei Omer Kula. The Halacha follows the opinion that says you have to read the entire Megillah. And then and even according to the opinion that says that you can fulfill the Megillah by reading from the Pasuk of Ishihudi and onwards, still Kula. Still, you need at least the entire Megillah to be written in front of you. Okay, so that's the question. You need the whole Megillah to be written in front of you. So how could this person who's re- who's re- uh, who's reading verse by verse and then reading it? Who's writing verse by verse and then reading it? How could he be Yotze? The whole Megillah is not in front of him. What's going on here? So the answer is Ella, the Mincha Megillah Kame. Rather, what's happening? He placed a Megillah in front of him, the Kari Lamine, Psuka Psuka Vechasavla. And he read from that full Megillah one verse at a time, and then he wrote it down. So he had a Megillah in front of him, and he was reading the Megillah and then writing down. But he was reading from a full Megillah. And then the Gemara wants to say, based on this answer that he is writing from, he's writing Megillah from seeing in a full Megillah, it said, Maybe we could say that this is a proof, and this is a support to the opinion of Rabba Bar Barachana, to Amar Rabba Bar Barachana, because Rabba Bar Barachana said, Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan, Asr Lichtov Osach Ashlom Minaksav. 
he said it is prohibited to write one letter of the Megillah from it not being based on the Ksav itself. As if to say, when you're writing a Megillah, you have to have a full Megillah in front of you and follow letter by letter. Look at the full Megillah, look at the letter, then write it down. That's the opinion of Rabbi Barachana in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. So maybe that's a proof of what we just said. Just like when you're reading or when you're writing a Megillah and you have to, um, to fulfill the reading of it, you have to have a Megillah right in front of you. Maybe the same thing applies when you write a Megillah, you need a, Megillah, a full Megillah in front of you and copy letter for letter. So the Gemara says, Dilma de Isramileis Rumuye. So he said, maybe this might not be necessarily a proof for Rabbi Barachan and Rabbi Yochan, because maybe the case is, it, it just happened that way, that you were, that he was in that particular case, he was writing a Megillah and he had the full Megillah in front of him and he was reading from the full Megillah and then writing it down. It doesn't necessarily mean though that when it comes to writing a Megillah that you need for sure a Megillah in front of you to copy from, maybe uh, you could write a Megillah without seeing anything inside. You might, not be out, you might not be fulfilling at any point reading the Megillah when you're writing it, but maybe just you could write it and it would be kosher. So it's not necessarily a proof for the opinion of Rabbi Rachan named Rabbi Yochanan that to write a Megillah, you need a full Megillah in front of you. Maybe that's just to be fulfilling the reading of the Megillah. Okay, Gufa, okay, it was taught. Amar Rabbi Barachana, Amar Rabbi Yechanan. So Rabbi Barachana said, Rabbi Yechanan, as we just said, Asr lichtov osach ha-shlomin aksav. So once again, we're quoting this uh, halacha in the name of Rabbi Yechanan, that it is prohibited to write one letter without seeing it inside of a Megillah. So it seems like the Gemara is going to now comment and continue on this opinion, even though we just said that it doesn't necessarily mean that this is, that what we learned before is the support of Rabbi Barachan and Rabbi Yochanan, but we're going to go along with this halacha that they're saying that it's prohibited to write a Megillah without actually following letter for letter. Mesive, we have a question though on this opinion. Amar Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar, Rabbi Shimon Elazar says, Maisev Rabbi Meir, there was a story with Rabbi Meir, Shehalach Avarshana. Asia, he went to Asia, which was one of the places where the Sanhedrin was, to intercalate the year, to add on a month to the year, to do an Ibor Shana. And he didn't have a Megillah there. What did he do? He wrote the Megillah based on his in his heart. He knew the Megillah and he wrote it down. And he read that Megillah that he wrote then and there. Now, clearly, he didn't have a Megillah there. He just said he didn't have a Megillah. So he wrote his own Megillah. Wait a second. Didn't Rabbi Yechanan just say that you need a Megillah in front of you to be able to write a Megillah? Now, by the way, just the background of the story, it's incredible, right? When is it too late to add on a new month? We're talking about where Rabbi, where Rabbi Merah goes now to add on a new month, and he's reading the Megillah there, which means it's already Purim, which means it's only two weeks before it's too late to intercalate the year. So interesting. Okay, well, anyways, it's definitely a question. So what happens? So Amar Rabbi Avao, shiny Rabbi Meir. So Rabbi Avao says, you know what? Rabbi Meir, he's just a different story altogether. To Mekayim, when it comes to Rabbi Meir, he was able to fulfill Bay within himself, the Pasuk in Mishlei, Paragdala, Pasuk Chafhei, where it says, Ve'afapecha yisharu negdecha, that your eyelids, they look straight opposite you. As if to say, and then Amar lay Rami, Rami Barcham said to Rabbi Yirmiya from Difti, My, what does it mean? What does it mean that your eyelids look straight uh, opposite you? Amarle said to him, These are referring to words of Torah. 
It writes by words of Torah. This is also in Mishlei Parak Chav Gimel Pasuke. It says, "He's Then, as Rashi explains, if you he's if if you for a second close your eyes from it, it will be there no longer. Meaning Torah. There's a certain virtue of Torah. It's not a good one. Where if you close your eyes from Torah for just a little bit, you're going to forget the Torah you learned. You have to constantly be reviewing and studying. Right, and then ve'afilu hachi. Even though, when it comes to this pasuk that gives you the reality of Torah, you see that it's forgotten very easily. Afilu hachi. Nevertheless, miusharin hein eitzel Rabbi Meir. They were exact. They were so straightforward regarding Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir, he fulfilled that your eyelids look straight opposite you, meaning your Torah is is retained within you. It's, Rabbi Meir was unlike all other people that forget their Torah. He remembered the Torah. And therefore, he was on a different level altogether. That's why he could write the Megillah without having Megillah in front of him, but it doesn't necessarily disprove the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan. Okay, so Rav Chista, Rav Chista, Ashkechelo Rav Chanano, Rav Chista, he found Rav Chanano, the Habekasa Sfarim Shlomin Aksav. He saw Rav Chanano, he was writing other Sfarim without using another cloth, another safer to copy it from. He was writing it by heart. So Amr Leis, Rav Chista said to Rav Chanano, Ru'uya kolatorakul lichtev al, likasev al picha, he says it's uh, it's appropriate for the whole entire Torah to be written by you by heart just upon your mouth, Ella. But the thing is, rather, kach amru chacham and the chachamim said aser lichtov os achas shalom inaksav. The our chachamim taught us that you can't write anything, even one letter, without looking inside the ksav. So he said midikamar kol atorah kula picha. So from the fact that Rabbi Chista said that the entire Torah, it's fit to be written based on his mouth, Miklal, that implies the Miyushar in Etzlo, right? That implies that it was Miyushar, it was exact, even in Rabbi Hananel's uh, mind, he had all the Torah there right in front of him. But yet Rabbi Meir did write it down, so why can't Rabbi Hananel write it down? Right? What's the difference between Rabbi Hananel and Rabbi Chista saying you can't write it down by heart, whereas by Rabbi Meir, we allowed the Megillah to be written by heart. So what's the answer? Shas had chak shiny. No, at a pressing time, such as the one Rabbi Meir was in, where it was Mamish Purim, and he had no Megillah in front of him, how he's going to fulfill the mitzvah, that's when it's different. But when it comes to Rabbi Hanan, who's just writing all the Sfarim of Tanakh, let's say, and the Megillah, on a random day, it's not a pressing time, and therefore he can't rely on what he knows. He has to have a safer in front of him to write from. Okay. Abai Sharo Debei Bar Chavo, L'Michtav Tefillin Mezuzah Shalom Inaksav. So Abaye. He said that they permitted uh, uh, the Bay Barchabo, the Bay Barchabo, the house of Barchabo, which was a place where they made tefillin. They allowed them to write tefillin and mezuzos, not from the ksav, just to write it by heart. So, come on, who is this like? Who, who, who goes like this? Because we weren't we saying that you really shouldn't write these things down by heart. So, ki hai tana, it's like that tana, the tana that was taught in Abraisa, Rabbi Yermia Omer Mishum Rabbeinu. Rabbi Yermia says in the name of Rabbeinu and Rabbi Yehuda Nasi, he says, tefillin and mezuzos, nichta. Nichtavos shalom He says that you could write tefillin and mezuzah not from a parchment, not from the ksav. You could write it by heart. Ve'ein sirichos sirtut, and you don't need to have, you don't need to uh, scrape in the lines to do the scoring of the lines on tefillin and mezuzos. however, the halacha follows that tefillin ein sirichin sirtut, mezuzos sirichin sirtut. Tefillin, they do, you do need to scratch the lines before you write on tefillin. But the halacha says by mezuzah, sorry, by tefillin, you don't need to. Write, scrape in the lines, do the scoring of the lines. But mezuzos, before you write the parsha on the mezuzah, you do need srichin sirtut. So idi v'idi, 
However, both of them agree, both of them agree that both Tefillin and Mezuzah, you don't have to write from the Ksav, you can write it by heart. And then what's the reason? My timer, Migras Girisin. The reason for that is because Migras Girisin, the Girsa, the text is so common, it's so known and uh, familiar to us, especially a sofer, we allow them. It's just a few partios. When it comes to reading, writing svarim, then you need the ksav right in front of you. Okay, then we said in the Mishnah regarding what are the inks that you can't use and what are the things that you can use. So the Mishnah says, Haisek suva besam. So it gives you different types of inks. And the Gemara explains, what's sam? It's sama. It's a uh, orpiment. I don't really know what that is, but we'll say it's sama. Sikra, what was sikra? Amar Rabba Babrachana. Rabba says, Sikrasa Shema. Its name was called Sikrasa. It's a type of red ink. Kumus, what's kumus? Kuma, it's a type of sap. We're on your tesam and olive. Kan kantom, what's kan kantom? Charta kafi. Okay, it's a type of black ink that shoemakers use. What's diftera? Diftera is a type of hide which was pressed with the maliach, with salt, the kamiach, and flour, the loaf, it's a knot with gallnut. And nier, nier is a type of paper, it's machka, it's a paper made from reeds. It's a uh, papyrus. Okay. And then the last part, until you write it in Ashuris in Hebrew, as it writes, uh, like it's writing and like it's times. This is from Esther, Parakhtes, Pasuchaf, Zayin. Like it's writing and like it's times. That means it's written in, in, in Ashuris. You have to write it in Ashuris as well. And then it says, I'll save for video. It has to be written on the parchment and with this black ink, Dio. Minolan, where do we know this? So Asya Ksiva Ksiva. So we actually have a Gzera Shava from the word Ksiva Ksiva. Ksiv Hacha writes here in Esther and Paraktes Pasikhaftes Vehaktav Esther Hamalka. Right said Esther, she wrote down Tichtav, she wrote down, the queen wrote down the Megillah. Uksiv Asman writes over there in Yirmiya and Paraklam and Vav Pasigudhez. And Baruch, that's Baruch ben Nuria, the Rebbe of Ezra, Sofer, he said to them from his mouth, Yikra Eli, read it to me, as Kol Hadvarim, all these things, Ha'ele, all these things, Vani Kosev, and I will write it, Al HaSefer Vidiyo, I'll write it on the parchment and with Dio. So you see from there, Sefer Vidiyo, and it says in, in Yermia, how he wrote it down, he wrote it down, the Ksiva was from on the Sefer and Dio, so you can. Connect that also to when Esther was Tichtov. When she wrote it down, it was also Besefer Bidio. Okay, we're up to the Mishnah. Yasher Koach.